I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us on the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today, we have Dr. Nakessa Remy. She is the owner of the Chiropractic Office and Health Associates, a multidisciplinary clinic with a belief that healthy living is a right and not a privilege. Dr. Remy has worked with sports teams, professional and Olympic athletes, With over 10 years of rehabilitation management experience, Dr. Remy has developed an approach to injury management that is based on current research and measurable patient outcomes. She's also an on-air injury prevention and posture expert. She's appeared on CP24, Breakfast Television, Global Morning, and much more. So please welcome to the show, Dr. Nakessa Remy. This is pretty exciting. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am just like smiling ear to ear right now. (laughs) (laughs) I am excited to have this conversation with you. I mean, thanks to, you know, social media, we've been connected for years, but I'm just really excited to like dive more into your story and get to know you on a deeper level and to share your wisdom with our listeners. No, well, you know, it's actually nice to be, I'm not, not to sound too narcissist, but it's really nice to talk about me a little bit. I find <laughs> all my interviews, you know, <laughs> I'm talking about exercise or this injury, that injury, but I don't really often get questioned about me and, and my journey to here. So it's it's pretty, I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm so happy to hear that. You know, oftentimes when I request to have certain guests on, they're so used to, like you said, um, speaking on platforms about business side of things or giving, you know, the tools about the business. And they are like grateful to be able to just share their story, the person behind the business. Exactly. I mean, the whole reason I do a lot of social media and and all, you know, appearances and things like that is I do want to connect with other young black women so that they can, you know, see the journey and see what's possible. So yeah, just having this opportunity today, I'm, I'm very happy. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right. So before we get to where you are presently in your journey, I love to start the show with an icebreaker question, because I believe, you know, as children, we have these vivid imaginations before society and the world and sometimes our families limit us and tell us to be realistic or, you know, to think inside of the box (laughs) um, and to conform. So I would love to know, what did you want to be as a little girl? Um, I wanted to be Ben Johnson, the track athlete. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was 
that's who I wanted to be. I started running track at the age of seven um, in Toronto, and Ben Johnson was the man at that time. Mm-hmm. And I still remember meeting him at um, in Toronto at York University at this um, track event I was at, and I was standing. I mean, at that time, I was probably up to his belly button. I was short, but he was like right in front of. <laughs> I just remember like, oh my gosh, this man is powerful. Like his muscles, his strength. Like I just wanted that. Like I wanted to be And so, so from that moment on, I mean, I ran track. I was interested in the body and it did kind of lead me to where I am today. So thank you, Ben Johnson. <laughs> I love that. I also love the connection between what you do today because you know, you you work now with sports teams and athletes and, you know, helping to rehabilitate the body and to deal with their injuries. So, okay, share with us the story of how you got to where you are presently. Well, yeah. So like I said, you know, I, I was intrigued by the body at a very young age, still not really knowing what I wanted to do. I just wanted to do something in health and wellness. Um, and then I was you know, thank God for great teachers. I had a wonderful teacher in high school who introduced me to kinesiology, which is the study of the body. So I decided, okay, I want to do that in university. And so I did. And upon graduating, I had no idea what I was going to do with this kinesiology degree, because I was thinking maybe I'd be a physiotherapist, or maybe I go to med school, or I wanted to maybe teach gym in high school. Like I had no idea. So Mm -hmm. I ended up deciding to work for a year because I mean, university is expensive. And I had a lot of debt. And I ended up working at a physiotherapy clinic um, as like an exercise therapist. And what was really interesting was when I walked in on my first day, there was a black female doctor who was a chiropractor who welcomed me. And I was like, wait, she wasn't here when I was doing my interview. Like, who is I'd never mm-hmm. met a black female doctor ever in my and I think I was 20, wow. 20 living in the GTA, never met a black female doctor. So obviously it's like, you know, the doors of heaven have opened. There's music playing. I'm like, oh my God, who are you? I'm obsessed with you. Uh, And her name was Nicole Golden. And from that moment, I was like, I want to know everything about you. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. I got to work with her, um, see what she did as a chiropractor, like using her hands to help people, you know, uh, help people run a marathon, help new moms lift a heavy baby. Like she was helping people without surgery, without medication. And I was just like, you know what? I want to be you. This is this is what I want to do. And yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what got me into into my profession. So as I said earlier, representation matters because without her, I not be where I am today. Absolutely not. Wow. Uh, I think that's beautiful. And see people, sometimes people don't understand how important it is to have representation in any particular industry. Like we've had many women that have come on the show and it was them seeing another woman that looked like them, that gave them the confidence or inspiration to go further into that career or to go down that path. It's so true because I didn't know anything about chiropractic. I had never gone to a chiropractor. My family had never gone to a chiropractor. I remember telling my dad, oh, dad, I want to be a chiropractor. And he's like, okay, go pull out the, um, the I think it was the white pages or something or yellow pages. Like, Do you see chiropractors? In there? I was like, dad, I think so. And so, and so, yeah, you didn't know what it was, but this woman, like it, she made it a possibility. Like I could do this. It was, it was something that mm-hmm. I hadn't considered, but 
her, seeing her love what she did, seeing her being successful at what she did, it really opened my eyes to, okay, this is a whole new avenue that is now open to me because of her, because I saw her succeed. I knew that I it, it was something I could possibly do. So yes, representation matters. And it's, it's, I take it on as a responsibility now myself. She helped me and I feel it's my now responsibility to help the younger generation of um, Black women and Black young girls to see all the possibilities that are out there for them. Yes, I love that. I love that. And I love um, you know, when I, I look at your social media, there's always these tips and quick, easy ways, you know, we can do things for ourselves, for our health and for our posture, like you're educating us to just do better, to take care of well, ourselves. I, I, <laughs> yeah, and I think... <laughs> And that's the whole thing, too, because with my background, you know, we were, you know, my parents immigrated here. We didn't have a lot. So, you know, I wasn't going to chiropractors or getting massages. I wasn't doing any of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you had pain, you, you know, your mom rubbed you down with something she got from back home. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. I took a bath and some kind of concoction she had mixed together. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. what healthcare was to me. Like, I, I didn't realize all these other avenues that that you have access to. So when I do post things on social media, I make it a point to show things that anybody can do. Anybody. It doesn't matter, you know, what kind of equipment you have at home. It doesn't matter if you have access to gyms, if you have access to, you know, whatever. You don't need it. These are simple tips that anybody can do because I think healthcare needs to be accessible. It really does. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, you know, you read it off in my bio. Everything I do comes from my belief that we all have a right to live healthy lifestyles. Like being healthy shouldn't be a privilege. It shouldn't be to those who have a certain income, those who have a certain level of education. That doesn't matter. You know, we are all created to live happy and healthy lives. So I want Mm -hmm. anybody who follows me to be able to, you know, use the tips and tools that I provide so that they can, you know, hopefully be a little bit healthier. I I love that you stress that because there's a lot of women, especially women of color who grew up in marginalized communities and government housing and being healthy wasn't a priority because you're in survival mode, right? You know, it's that you get sick and you're like, well, I can't afford, you know, whatever, whether it be a certain type of medication or to go to a chiropractor or, you know, things like that. So share with the listeners the importance of being your own health advocate. Yeah. And, you know, women, black women, I understand we all have a lot on our plate. It's, 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 you know, there are certain burdens that we carry that, you know, a lot, not a lot of other people do. And so when I see women, black women in particular, single mothers, um, people who are under a lot of pressure, they almost accept pain as a part of life, like, well, everybody has a little bit of pain, or, oh, gosh, I hear this every day, I heard it yesterday, oh, well, I'm 40 now, so I'm supposed to have a little bit of pain. And I don't (laughs) understand where that comes from. (laughs) Nowhere have I ever read that pain is acceptable at any point in our life, right? Like, it's our body saying, help, listen to me, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. I I need your attention. And so I think it's so important that we listen to our bodies, because if we don't listen to our bodies, trust and believe you can go to any health 
expert out there and they won't be able to help you as much as you can help yourself because they don't understand your body the way you do. Everybody is different. And so I want to empower people to take the time to make their health a priority so that they can be their own champions. And, you know, in the healthcare system, I mean, now look at things. Surgeries are being backed up because of COVID. People can't get into their doctors, can't get into hospitals and all kinds of things like that. So now more than ever, it's important to really understand what's going on with our bodies so that we can seek the right health or the right help, I should say. So mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. everybody who comes to see me as a patient or who takes one of my courses, I want them always to feel like they are their best health champions. And yes, it takes a little bit of work. It takes prioritizing or making yourself a priority, but it's important. It's really, mm-hmm. really important. Right. And I can't stress it enough that we all have to be our own health advocates. Absolutely. You you spoke earlier about, you know, single moms. So you and I are both single moms. Um, yes. You know, we, we, we both, I'm going to say, do a lot, you know, to both contribute to the community and to make an impact and to make a difference. So as a single mom, as a busy single mom, how do you take care of you? Like, how do you balance the work version of you and the home version of you? Oh gosh, I love that question because I don't I never know how to answer it. <laughs> Cuz my daughter is only 2, so I'm only 2 years into this. <laughs> so, and I look at you with 3. I'm like, how does she <laughs> like I can't even imagine. I cannot like this one that I have is wow, 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 wow. <laughs> so, I feel like I'm still new <laughs> and still trying to uh figure it out. But one thing that I have learned is I don't kind of think about balance. Because to me, balance means that things kind of have to be 50-50. And my life is never 50 when I look at being a mother and being a health provider or entrepreneur. It's never 50-50. I once heard someone describe it as finding harmony. (laughs) And Mm. I feel like that's what I strive for is harmony rather than balance. And there's nothing wrong if there are days where I'm, you know, focused on my daughter 90% and work 10%. Or today it might be the reverse. I'm 90% work, 10% on my daughter. And I'm lucky enough that she goes to daycare. I have my mom. So I can I can do that. Like I don't take for granted how lucky I am that I have mm-hmm. some help. But yeah, I'm just I just don't strive for this 50-50, this balance. It's just for me, it's not possible. For me, it's just understanding mm-hmm. that there are days where my focus is motherhood and there are days where my focus is more on running my business and making sure that, you know, accounting and that my staff is good, you know, and and that's okay. Like my daughter is not neglected. You know, I feel confident in saying, okay, mom, I need you to take her for the afternoon so I can go do this. Or, hey, she's at daycare today, so I'm going to go do these things. And it's right. and I'm still working on it because yes, there's guilt either way. There's always this guilt that mom guilt. I, I sometimes mom guilt, right? But I don't let it make me change what I need to do. Every mm-hmm. morning I have a I have a goal, I have a path that I want to follow. And yeah, and I just I just have learned to be okay that I'm not always going to be a great mom every day. It's impossible. Like it's just it's it's oh. not realistic for me. <laughs> Right, like, <laughs> it's really learning to accept that that I'm still working on as a, we enter into year two of her life. No, I, I, I'm, I'm working. I love that you. 
I love that you said that you're like, you know, you understand that you're, you know, you're not going to be a perfect mom all the time. I think there's a lot of moms that feel like they, I don't know, I feel like they allow that mom guilt um, mm-hmm. to, to get to them. They don't give themselves grace. Like there is no parental handbook on how to be a mom. There, It's impossible because every child is different. Every personality is, is different. I feel like it's a complete learn as we go. <laughs> People Absolutely. always, you know, talk about... <laughs> Like my kids are, my kids are grown, but I'm still a single mom of three. They still live under my roof. They're still very dependent. So, you know, there's no, there's no perfect formula on how to be a mom, especially a single mom. No, there isn't. And I remember when my daughter was first born, you know, I joined a few of these mommy groups and I ended up after like month two leaving half of these groups. That I had joined because a lot of them didn't have single moms. They didn't have a lot of moms of color. Um, it wasn't a very diverse group. A lot of these moms didn't own their own businesses. So they didn't understand when my daughter was eight weeks oh. old. I'm like, okay, I got to go to the office. Like, so I really didn't have that support. And I always said that if I do have another um, child, I want to create the kind of mom group where it's single moms or moms who are still working, moms, you know, moms that are, you know, maybe and different types of relationships. Like I just, I, I, I couldn't relate to, to many of the moms in these moms. Instead of, you know, sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this mom is making a sensory box for her child at home today while I'm like running to the bank because I got to do payroll and things like that. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? I can't because it started to make me feel like I wasn't being a good and attentive mother. So I think, and, and I think disassociating with those groups was good for me. It was good for my mental health. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's just, there's no such thing as a perfect mom. And, you know, I'm still learning, like even up until last week, you know, moms are telling me about their kids gymnastics class and, you know, then they have um, cooking classes virtually. And I'm like, daughter's not going to do no virtual. (laughs) Are you kidding me? This child won't sit in front of a screen for more than five minutes unless Peppa Pig is on it. So so I'm thinking, oh, she's not doing enough activity. Should I get her doing more? Like you just, it's, there's always something that you could be doing better. And just realizing that I'm not going to be perfect. Like you said, we cannot be perfect. And when we come to accept that, then I Mm -hmm. think we'll we'll feel a little less guilty, but it's a work in progress, my friend. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, I love that you, you spoke to harmony versus balance. Yes. Um, Because I I used to try to like, especially when I first became an entrepreneur back in like 2009, I was always trying to find this balance. You know, my youngest at the time was like four and, you know, I was selling real estate full time and I was bringing my kids to open houses and leaving them in the car for me to do showings. And I was trying to find this balance realizing that you're right. It's more about harmony than balance. It totally is. And I feel like when I bring my daughter to work and sometimes she's in her pajamas because I haven't had time to change her. (laughs) And I'm just like, this is, this is what I have to do. And what I try to remind myself is she's seeing me work hard. She's Mm -hmm. seeing something that I'm passionate about. And yes, you know, she might stay up later than the other kid because I got to do stuff at the office. So I have her with me, but Mm -hmm. at least seeing that I'm passionate about what I do. So instead of, you know, focusing on the negative that yes, she should be at home getting ready for bed. (laughs) I try to focus on that, that, you know, she sees a mom who's trying to, you know, support her trying to give her everything she needs, but she's also seeing a mom who loves what she does. Mm -hmm. And 
find by just being a mother. Right. And I love that I'm able to show her that I really, I really do. And I try to focus on that. I agree with you. When I, when my kids were were younger and I was bringing them everywhere, even when I, you know, transitioned from real estate into coaching and, you know, when when the books came out and stuff, I would bring them with me to exhibits and book signings and all those things. And I didn't want them to ever feel like I was sacrificing them for, you know, my passion of being an entrepreneur, but I wanted them to see the sacrifices that I make for them. So they were present for a lot of what I was doing. And I I don't regret that because they got to see mom's perseverance, mom putting in the work. And then, you know, it gives them their own drive to want to do what they do. Like my eldest right now, she's an entrepreneur. She has three, like she's completely creative, but she's got three lanes for her creativity. You know, she's a tattoo artist. She does custom painted sneakers. And then she does these amazing designs with like, she does press on nails, but she also does like, you know, gel and acrylic and stuff. So it's just like her being able to tap into her creativity. And I guess because of what she saw growing up of, you know, me chasing my passions instead of putting life on hold to do what society may, you know, think that I should be doing. Yes. Um, just, just honoring my truth. Well, you know what, just hearing you say that, I I feel even more confident that I'm doing the right thing with my daughter. I really, I really do. Because sometimes, you know, you just, I see, and that's the thing about social media, right? Like you can see everyone's (laughs) highlight reel. You can see all those amazing moms with their matching outfits with their daughters. And, you know, doing all these baking together and, oh. (laughs) <laughs> and I wish I could do that, but that's <laughs> just not reality right now. So just yeah. to know, you know, see what you, what your daughter took from your experience and what she's able to do now. I I, I think my daughter is gonna is gonna end up finding her own passion and and succeeding. I really Absolutely. I really believe. That. Yeah. yeah, they say that some things are taught and some things are caught. So your daughter, mm-hmm. she's paying attention, right? She yes. kids kids are very very bright. Even when you think they're not, they're paying attention. So, you know, true. give yourself some grace. You're you're doing what you need to do and honoring your passion. Well, who knew this was going to turn into a little therapy session for myself? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I interviewed Harper Gill yesterday and she said the exact same thing we're done. She's like, wow, I feel like I had a therapy session. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm a coach, right? <laughs> well, girl, you are working it because... <laughs> Telling you, I'm taking some gems today. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> okay, so speaking of therapy, um, I mean, the pandemic came in and changed a lot of things for people. Um, you know, a lot of people had to adjust and pivot. So I would love to know what has your journey been like since the pandemic? Like, how has it affected things for you? It's, you know, it was, I had to close my business, which was definitely hard when the pandemic first hit. So that was challenging (laughs) to shut the doors to something I love to do. But from that experience, it really emphasized my two things. It emphasized my need to kind of do things outside of the clinic walls. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm able to help people when they come into my office and I love it and I'm passionate about it. But when we had to close and I couldn't do that, I didn't want my passion to be silenced. I needed to find a way to still be able to reach out to people. And that's when like a lot of my media appearances and my workshops that I created, they were really born out of that. How am I going to continue to do what I do? How am I going to push past being, you know, restricted by the clinic? How can I reach more people? And so from the pandemic, you know, I've created um, a posture workshop where I work with a lot of people who are still working from home two years Mm -hmm. later and really teaching them how to get rid of the aches and pains from sitting all day. Um, So that was born out of (laughs) the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, yeah, and like getting the opportunity to go on television and give people all these tips uh, and things like that, because people are, you know, yes, things are a little bit more open now, but at the end of the day, a lot of us are still stuck at home. And right. what do we do if we don't have access to, you know, healthcare or, you know, people, a lot of people have lost jobs from downsizing and they may not have the benefits to go massage or so forth. So what do they do? So I really, the pandemic really allowed me to blossom um, and to really kind of find this new way of reaching people, which I'm very, which I absolutely love to do. And then the other thing too, is as a clinic, you know, working with my team, we had to sit down and figure out, okay, what do we do? Like what happens if, you know, great, we're open, but what happens if we close again? Like, what do we do? How do we help our patients? Mm -hmm. And so really bonded us as a team to come up with virtual treatments and and virtual options for patients and to kind of pivot. That's the, I feel like that's the word of the pandemic to pivot our, our, our care to, to trying to help people who are at home. And so our clinic motto and everything that we kind of believed in, we took that, but modified it to now make it a little more virtual. Should that be a need for our patients? So the clinic was able to grow, which was awesome. But I was also able to grow on my own as an entrepreneur and really start to find new passions that I, I'm really excited to continue to grow on. So for me, it's been obviously it's it's tough, but there's been a lot of positive. I, mm-hmm. I yeah, there's been a lot of positive. So I, I do try to focus on that. So what inspires you the most about what you do? Oh, it's honestly, it's when a patient or somebody says to me, Oh, I didn't know I could do that. Mm-hmm. And just just knowing that I've given them that little bit of power over their own bodies, over their own health, that is what drives me. That's what keeps me doing what I do is that I'm all that little thing. Or I always love to when I, (laughs) if ever I'm doing a a TV appearance and the host, somebody introduces me as a chiropractor, without fail, they sit up a little straighter. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden they're sitting up straighter. And I love that. I love that. You're making them aware of their posture. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like I just oh, just knowing that I'm helping even just that little moment of sitting up straighter, right? Which is a big deal for your spine and and your health and things like that. Like I'm able to do that. And oh, I just love it. It drives me. It really does drive me. I love that. I love it. Okay. So how do you, how do you take care of you? Like, you know, you've got your business going on and you're a single mom and you're doing TV personnel, like um, appearances and stuff. Like how does Dr. Remy take care of herself? What's your self-care routine look like? Dr. Remy's 2022. 
do self-care routine is looking very good <laughs> because 2021 <laughs> was not. Um, but for me, it's the mental health aspect. So, you know, I have been seeing a therapist on and off. So I decided, mm-hmm. you know, this year I've got to make it more regular um, because, you know, I want to learn to be more proactive than reactive. So for me, that therapy is really important. And the other thing that I'm learning to do is to say no to projects. Mm-hmm. Before that, you just, you know, you want to say yes, you're growing, you're building. So you're saying yes to all these opportunities that you think are going to give you more exposure to help build your brand. But what I've learned um, after the last couple of years is going back to my purpose, healthy living is a right, not a privilege. I have to align myself with projects that go back to fulfilling that purpose. If it doesn't fulfill that purpose, I say no. And that is yeah. what actually after this, I have a meeting where I'm, I have to decline a board position <laughs> after I'm done with you. For that reason, it's a wonderful organization, but it doesn't really align with my purpose. And so yeah. it took a lot of time out of me last year. And I don't, I don't feel like I got anything back from it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I'll be declining <laughs> returning this year um, to do that. So yeah, learning to say no is, is another thing that's going to really, I think, help keep me healthy for 2022. I love that because I, so I read a book um, last year called Essentialism and mm. it was basically talking about when you know your passion and you know um, your mission in life, you can say no to everything that doesn't align with that so that you have more time and energy and the capacity to say yes to the things that do align. You know, like you said before, when you're growing as an entrepreneur, at first you want to say yes to everything because you think that's what you should be doing to gain that exposure. But when you learn to reserve your energy and I'm going to say your your spirit and your time and your soul for yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the things that really align with your passion, it's easier to say no. It really, it really is. And I'm very, like, I'm lucky enough that my purpose and my passion, I'm fully aware of what it is now. And I'm more confident that that's what I'm supposed to do. And with my daughter now growing and taking up a lot of my energy, my soul, my spirit, (laughs) I do want to also make sure that I'm not tired for her. And Mm -hmm. so yeah, saying no, it's taken me, gosh, what am I 42 now? 41, 42? I don't even know. Um, You don't even look at girl at all. I know. I know. (laughs) <laughs> what year? I don't know what's happening. Um, but, uh, but definitely, yeah, it's taken me a long time to to feel confident saying no. And the fact that I, you know, called this like this woman that I'm going to be talking to later today and saying, you know, I'd love to set up a meeting. Like these are things I would not have been doing a year ago. Right. But I'm more confident in my purpose and my passion that yeah, I'm. I want to say I'm. I want to start to say no so that yeah, I can fulfill my purpose and my soul with those things that that re-energize me right I, love that. I really yeah I'm, it's tough but necessary <laughs> absolutely absolutely so before we go to the final segment of the show I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online to learn more about you and more from you Definitely. Well, I would say Instagram is probably the best place because that's where I post everything, um, <laughs> which is at Dr. Nikesa Remy. Um, yeah, most of my information goes through there. And that's where I post all of my um, videos, my little tutorials <laughs> and things like that. Um, just to yeah, help everyone just live a little bit of a happier and healthier life. 
Awesome. So I will definitely have all of the detailed links in the um, section below the episode so they can just click and connect with you directly. They don't have to search too far. Perfect. That would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. So for the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. And it's kind of like a rapid fire. Um, You can answer one word, one sentence. Sometimes I may ask you to unpack, but it's really the first thing that comes to mind. Love it. Ready. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) Okay. When was the last time you cried? Oh, last night. (laughs) Mm, Okay. I cried last night because my daughter is teething. She's getting some of her molars in and she cries to go to sleep, which she never used to do before. And it's Mm -hmm. painful to listen to her cry because Mm -hmm. I feel like there's nothing I can do to help soothe her. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I cried because I just felt useless for a moment as a mm. mom. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. I'm sending you a virtual hug right now. I feel you. On oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that next question, how has motherhood changed you? Motherhood, interestingly enough, I, I suffered, sorry, I'm going to, this is a little bit of a long answer. I had a lot of infertility issues before I had my daughter. So there was a point where I almost accepted the fact that I may never become a mom. Mm. And when I did get pregnant through the grace of God, I, I became pregnant. I was convinced that once I had her, that all of my like entrepreneurial spirit would be decreased by this miracle of, of a child that I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. But motherhood has, it's done the opposite. I'm more driven than I have ever been. And maybe also too, because I have a daughter and I want her to have such a big life that I want to do everything I can to show her every single possibility that's out there for her. So I feel even more driven now that I've become a mother. I totally relate. Totally relate. (laughs) Okay. So what, what do you want your legacy to be? That Dr. Nikessa Remy helped me to just feel more in control of my health. Mm. That's it. Love it. (laughs) Is it. it. (laughs) Okay. Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Option B by Cheryl. Oh God. The CEO of Facebook. Cheryl. Oh God. I can't think of Sandberg. I can't even think of her last name. I read that book when I had gone through a divorce a few years ago and felt it was a pretty low point. Mm -hmm. And that book was all about kind of the science behind grief and it really helped me deal with that loss, that loss of a marriage and that loss of a dream. And it really helped me have a more positive outlook and really allowed me to process the grief, but not stay in the grief. So that was, yeah, that book really helped me a lot. A lot is very important. So say the name of the book again, for those who are listening, in case they Option B, option Option B. B. I'm adding that to my reading list. (laughs) Very Very good book. Uh, okay. When was the last time you apologized to someone? I apologized to my mom. <laughs> I feel like this is the one person I apologized to the most because she's my sounding board when I'm stressed, when I've had a bad day. She's the one I call, and I know sometimes I take it out on her, which mm-hmm. I shouldn't, but she's the one person that's always there for me. And so I apologize to her at least once a week. <laughs> for being short with her or for not listening to her because she you know she likes to ask me all these kind of computer questions how to get on her instagram how to (laughs) how to save this file move that file and sometimes i'm tired and i might be very short with her so (laughs) 
I'm working on my patience and um, just apologizing her because she does so much for me that, yeah, um, yeah I, uh, she's the one person I apologize to on a weekly basis. <laughs> totally, totally hear you on that. And I, I realize, you know, sometimes when we're tired, even when we're not trying to be, you know, we, we end up having a, a shorter fuse than we normally would, um, which is why part of my self-care routine is to make sure I get minimum like seven and a half hour sleep at night because yes. any less than that, I'm barking at people. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I have been there. So yes, by 10 o'clock, I have to be in bed if I want a good next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? In the last five years? For, um, I would say what I've learned is to really trust my instincts. Um, a lot of times, you know, when there's a decision to be made, I will often like look at what other people are doing and, you know, what other successful business people are doing, what other successful moms are doing and try to kind of emulate that, which never really leads to mm -hmm. <laughs> a good outcome for me. So I've really learned to trust my own instincts. You know, I've had a lot of experiences in my life, joys, losses, you know, I've, I've had a lot and it, it has taught me to just believe in myself a bit more. Like I've got the answers. I really do. If I just take a moment to stop and listen to myself, mm -hmm. and listen to what my spirit is saying, what God might be telling me to do, I have the answers. So yeah, it's just taking the time to sit with myself in silence sometimes to find the answers. Mm, love that. Okay, last but not least. Yes. <laughs> what is a question that you either haven't been asked, whether it be my podcast or any interview that you've ever done, that would share more information about you that you want people to know or a part of your story that you want people to know that you haven't been asked yet? That is a very good question. I think probably one thing that I... I would love to share with people a little bit more. And maybe this would be a question is maybe ask, you know, what keeps me up at night? Mm -hmm. um, because what I have really been working on to, to better myself is to, and I kind of touched on a little bit, but to stop comparing myself with others. Mm -hmm. I think that is something that I struggle with. It is something that literally keeps me up at night whether it's looking at people on social media or just hearing other people's stories and successes, sometimes I just feel like, why am I not doing that? Or why am I not as, as successful? Why haven't I come up with that idea? And that really does keep me up at night. So, and that's something that I'm learning and I want to share with people that I'm learning to really stay in my lane. It's mm -hmm. not easy. <laughs> it's so <laughs> not easy. But the success comes when I do stay in my lane, right? Like yeah. it really, it really does. I've seen it, but it's just hard to do. Yeah. And that is, yeah, something that I think a lot of people struggle with, especially again, social media, it's all right there. Someone's highlight reel is right there in your face 24 seven. Um, so yeah, that is something that I'm working on. And even through therapy too, kind of really learning how to just focus on myself and focus on what brings me the most happiness and not what keeps me up <laughs> at night. It's a battle. It's a battle. But I've seen the outcome of what happens when I do stay in my lane. And so, yeah, I'm just working on that. <laughs> wow. You know, so one, thank you for, for sharing that. And thank you for being so transparent that, you know, it's interesting. That is 
one of the questions that I have on my, um, you know, in the, the final segment of the show that I sometimes ask people and I find some people are like, oh, you know, I sleep great. I don't know. Nothing keeps me up tonight. So, so I don't ask it that often. <laughs> but but you're, you're right. A lot of people do suffer with imposter syndrome. But yes. a couple of things that I can I can say to that one, because our minds are programmed for safety. If you don't feel imposter syndrome, then maybe you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Like I feel that we should at all, like we should all at some point feel uncomfortable and, and question what we're doing or, or if we're on the right path because we're growing. Right. Mm. Um, and then I also feel like with social media, and this is part of the reason why I do this show the way that I do it is because everyone does see the highlight reel on, you know, Instagram, the, the beautiful pictures, the glorious moments, that millisecond where the family was all in the same outfit when <laughs> normally, you know, they're all pulling at each other's hair and throwing toys at each other. So, so you know, the, the show allows us to get the story behind that person and to understand that everyone um, goes through adversities. It's just about, you know, how you overcome that and and build your resilience muscle. But with imposter syndrome and social media, I found what helped me not to compare myself to other people is to make a list of my core values, Mm -hmm. to make a list of what's important to my purpose and my passion. That way, when I see someone else online and they're succeeding or celebrating an accolade or whatever it may be, I can genuinely be happy for them and not feel any um, resentment or jealousy because that's the, like you said, that, you know, I'm in my lane, they're in theirs and their values may differ from mine. So an example I can give you is in uh, 2021, I had decided that I was not going to accept any type of awards or accolades that required me to, you know, publicly announce it and get people to to nominate me. That uh, felt more to me like a popularity contest. And I declined and sometimes didn't even answer emails that came in that had anything to do with that. But, you know, I could still say congratulations to all the people who, you know, won, you know, People's Choice Awards and all those things online because I am over here in my lane with my values and what they are celebrating doesn't align with my values. So I'm not comparing myself. So I can celebrate their wins and just know that it's not a a comparison issue. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Like I'm literally (laughs) like feeling everything that you're saying. It does make sense because you're right. If you just realize what is important to you, it's not going to be the same thing to that. Even that other chiropractor was a similar clinic to me. Our core values mm-hmm. are not the same. And mm-hmm. although their clinic might have 20, you know, staff and I only have five, our, our values aren't the same. So our goals are not going to be the same. And it's hard for me to celebrate others. Sometimes it really is. So what you just said, I think it's going to make it easier for me to, to celebrate others because I don't like that about myself where celebrating mm-hmm. others hurts me or makes me sad. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. want to find where I can celebrate others, especially friends and, and things like that. I want to be able to cheer them on and, you know, not look at it as their success as me failing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, we, we all are on, we're on different journeys, we're on different paths. And then there's even different levels to those paths. So, you know, when you go into the grocery store, and you look at the pasta aisle, or the bread aisle, or any of those things, there's like, a ton a variety of different types of tomato sauces to choose from, right? It's 
based on what someone's preference is or what their palate is. And, you know, I may like a certain brand and you may not. It doesn't mean that either one is better. It's just what res- what's, you know, what's resonating for us or what feels good for us. So when I see other people doing things, even when we're in the same lane, I realize there may be, you know, let's say they're celebrating, I don't know, a particular number of clients or earning a particular amount of money for that year. I can honestly still celebrate them because the people who would hire them as a coach probably wouldn't hire me and vice versa. You know, our values differ. We are different people coming with, you know, different backgrounds and different stories and different perspectives, different paradigms. So it doesn't all, it just wouldn't be the same. It's like comparing grapes to oranges. (laughs) Oh, the therapy today is so real. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I when this is done, I'm gonna to need to like sit with myself for a good half an hour and just process everything you just said. <laughs> like, oh, I love it so much. You're welcome. Wow, that was your, your, your complimentary session. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness, this was amazing. <laughs> wow. wow, 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 girl, wow. <laughs> But, but honestly, like Dr. Nikessa Remy, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us and your gems and your wisdom and your perspective, because your story matters. And I truly appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for allowing me to have a safe space for me to do this. I very much appreciate it. This was awesome. (laughs) What I needed exactly what I needed today. Oh, that warms my heart. I'm happy to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. And I know all the listeners that are listening got value out of today's episode. And we would love to hear your feedback, what resonated with you. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag at Dr. Nikesa Remy, spelled D-R-N-E-K-E-S-S-A-R-E-M-Y. And you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.